So this morning I have a word, and I've been kind of brewing on it for a while, and it's been sitting around. And, uh, but I want to talk about the, the, the armory of God. The armory of God. So if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you a couple of key verses. We're going to be out of Jeremiah 50, 25. We're going to be out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5. And then, of course, we're going to be in Ephesians 6. Okay? For those who are watching, I want to welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You know, um, Those who are watching, guess you know that I'm ministering, so don't text me. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, funny story was like, you know, you miss those moments. It was like I, I remember every Sunday for years I would minister, and my dad would send me a text message. And he would be like, hey, Pops, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, every moment you never realize how much you miss those moments until they're gone, you know? Yeah, so but he's in a cloud of witnesses now. Amen. So let's, uh, um, I'm going to read uh, our key verse, Jeremiah 50, 25. The Lord has opened his arsenal and brought out the weapons of his wrath for the sovereign Lord Almighty has worked to do in the land of the, Bab- the Babylonians. Okay. Um, 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down the strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And we're going to come back into these, these scriptures also. But as I was, uh, as I was just kind of reading through some things, I ran into an article um, that Bob Jones had about a vision he had. For those who don't know who Bob Jones is, Bob was he's a he's a prophet who's gone to be with the Lord, but he just had just a strong anointing, prophetic mantle on his life, and he's considered to be a general and a papa in the faith for us and um, prophet of the Lord. But he had a vision. And in the vision, what he saw was he saw the spiritual armory being opened up to the church. And with the opening of this this armory, there was a release of spiritual, supernatural provision that was being released. It was was an escalation of, of, of just the glory of the Lord was being released. You see... There's a present call to enter into our priestly ministry of Revelations 3.20. And and let let me read this really quick. Which allows us to be saturated with the virtue of the one who overcomes. Those who experience heaven in this matter will share the Lord's victory. And they will hear the invitation. Come up here through the open door. I'm going to tell you what, that's something that's happening right now. There has been such a cry. There's been such a, a release from the Lord saying, come up here. There's been an invitation. 
There's been a sound of heaven that has been released, and it's saying, come up here. And there's a sound, but listen, this sound is so finely tuned to the ears of the bride. Wow. So finely tuned. Revelations 4.1 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. That's so. See, the Lord's been. Some of us are running to the kitchen. Who is it? It's Jesus. Listen. We're in a time. We can't waste no more time. We can't do what we want to do. If, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and I will dine with him and he with me. Ooh, Jesus. From this place of heavenly perspective, many things get revealed. One of the things that gets revealed is this. It's the importance, and it's about the spiritual provision that's being released. When we come to an understanding that the Lord is saying, here I am, like, like, like we, we, don't we say that? On the, here I am, God, right? And the Lord said, well, I'm over here knocking on your door. But when we realize when he comes in, there's a release that happens that all of heaven now becomes available to us. All of heaven does. Mm. This storehouse contains weapons of warfare and spiritual provisions that is needed for the divine encounters to come. You know, I remember... Back in 2010, when the Lord began to show me these pockets of fire and on the map. And he was telling me how, how these pockets were, these are pockets of revival that are going to be birthed forth. And, and there was a move of God that was coming. But, that, but then when we look about, and we put it into perspective now, the armory of heaven, these are the hubs. I don't know, if, I, I don't know how about you guys, but... I love war movies, and and whenever you're in war, they go and they advance and they they take the land. And as they take the land, they plant a flag. And after they plant a flag, then what they do is they begin to build the armories. 
And what the armories do, they come, I mean, they come and they place all of their weapons in the armories. And these armories are coming, they're set to, they store all the weapons for the, the regiment of the soldiers in that area. So when we look in the spirit, this place, I know we talk about it, it's an embassy, and it is. We're all ambassadors, and you all are. But it's also, it's also an armory. Because every one of you are carriers of the weapons of warfare. You guys carry, <laughs> you guys are weapons of mass destruction against the enemy. I'm telling you. <laughs> the armory store the weapons, it stores the ammunition, the plans. They are in strategic locations. They hold what is needed for wartime for the platoons and the soldiers in the area. That's why when, when, when they go to war, the first thing they will target is take out the armory. Take out the satellites. When you're at war, knock out the communication and talk out, take out their, their, their armory. Because if they can't talk to each other, Right? Doesn't the devil do the same thing? That's why I'm like, <laughs> you can't stop me. <laughs> Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to start at verse 10. I told y'all, y'all look great out there. Y'all look great. <laughs> we're going to start in Ephesians 6, uh, verse 10. And then we're going to kind of dig in a little bit deeper on some of this stuff. <clears throat> verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So, Let's stop right there. Be strong in the Lord means be fully convinced in who you are. Be strong in the Lord means being fully convinced in who you are. It means being fully convinced and knowing your identity in Christ. Not just in talk, but in reality and knowing who God says you are. Listen, I've been in church a long time. And for the longest time, I didn't know who I was. I just went through the motions and went to church service and I sang my hallelujah songs. Went to the Royal Rangers. I did my thing. But not knowing who I who I was in Christ, and when I say that, because what uh, that's a whole other message, Lord. Okay, so when you know who you are, you know whose you are, and we know the character, we know the nature of God. 
So being strong in the Lord means being convinced in who you are, means being convinced in knowing your identity in Christ. So in Philippians 13, 4.13, it says, Christ that strengthened me in whom I can do all things. So in this, in this concept right here, in this scripture, the armory, the armor means being strong in a condition. It is a good, it's a condition of your inner man. It's a condition of who you are inside, who God is inside of you. You can be a Christian all day and all night, and the devil will still beat you. So being strong in the Lord means I know who I am. I'm convinced I'm a son of the king. You are a daughter of the king. And because you are, no weapon formed against you will prosper. See, I remember hearing everybody say like, well, brother, you got to put on the armor. Put on the armor of God. I'm like, well, what does that even mean? You know, put on the. <coughs> so that's why we're going to talk about the armor. Verse 11. Put on the armor. Put on the whole armor of God. Let's stop right there. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, many believers are coming out partially dressed. Partially dressed. And they're not equipped for the, for the task at hand. I praise God for my boys, you know. They, they, I mean, young men now, but sometimes they don't make the wisest decisions. Sometimes I don't make the wisest decisions, a lot of times. For example... <laughs> Going outside when it's three degrees in shorts. With flip-flops. With three inches of snow on the floor. And not even a hoodie. Right? Or what about when you get in your car after it's snowed all night? And you, you, you've got to scrape the ice off your, your, the windshield, right? And, and you realize, I don't got a scraper. <laughs> Knowing that I snowed all night, right? This is me. <laughs> Come outside, and I'm like, y'all, I'm, I think I'm just going to get in the car, turn it on, and vroom, vroom. No, man, snow everywhere, windows iced out. So I got to do all these things. We got to do all these things before we can even leave. But I didn't come prepared. So I'm like, Peter, go give me that little thing from the broom and that you scrape because I don't have a scraper. And then I'm, I've seen all these TikTok videos where you, you, you get, a, get a cup and that doesn't work. <laughs> but see, I wasn't prepared for the duty, for the job that I needed to do. I came out fully 
not dressed. You know that's I mean you you know that's why, you know when you go to Desert Storm they went out with desert fatigues. You know you're not gonna go fight in the snow wearing green camo because you're not dressed the way you're supposed to be dressed. So we come partially dressed and we're not covered. Verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. Now this scripture right here can be, there's a whole lot in this one verse. Because it, not only is it talking about the spiritual realm, but it's even talking about in its time. The law, the people that were governing the land. I mean, so we apply it to even now. But we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That means I'm not going to go in. If me and Jeff want to tussle, we're not going to. going to be funny, but wrestling, right? It's a tangible thing. But against powers and principalities. That means, you see, Paul talks about, he talks about the, the, the realms of heaven. The first heavens, the second heavens, and the third heavens. And, and I know that I've heard people say, well, I don't, I don't hear nothing about the third heavens in, 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 in the Bible. Well, I'm going to show you something so you have that. <clears throat> because, see, there is a spiritual war. That is happening right now. Listen, we're right here. This is the first heaven. Where we are, this is our natural state of being. And then we get into the soulish realm, which is the second heaven. This is where all the demonic activity is taking place. We don't see it right now, but there's things in the spirit. That's why you can go places and there's... You know, you can feel things. You can pick up those things. And then we, hit, then we go into the third heavens where that's where the glory realm is. That's where the angelic host is. And that you talk about the glory. There is a literal battle that is taking place between good and evil. It's not like I'm not, this, this is real. Your offense towards your friends has nothing to do with you or them. Listen, I have a lot of people who are offended at me and bothered with me. And it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the spirit realm. Allowing ourselves to be entertained by the second heaven drama and trash. That's the demonic. Feeling of hopelessness, that isn't you. Feeling of depression, that's not you. Suicidal thoughts, that's not you. Hopelessness, like I want to give up. I can't measure up. That's not you. Addictions, that's not you. These attacks come from the demonic realm. And all they do is 
And we agree with it. And we give access to it. In Psalms 104.12, it speaks of the birds of the heavens. This would be the first heaven, the atmosphere of earth. In Isaiah 13.10, we find the stars of heaven and their constellations. And this is a reference to the second heavens, the outer space, the, 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 the cosmos. The, the, um, the, this is where the deception lies. This is where, where the false doctrines, where the false prophecies pull from, where the false prophets pull from, where the mediums pull from. That's why you got horoscopes and space. Then in Revelations eleven nineteen, it describes an opening of God's temple in heaven. It's God's dwelling place, the third heavens. Ah. You see, when we recognize the attack of the enemy and his tactics, we can overcome. Everything that verse 12 is talking about, we will overcome every power and principality against every ruler of darkness of this age, against every spiritual host of wickedness in every heavenly place. Listen, our nation needs healing right now. I'm just going to be blunt and I'm going to just say how this is. We talk about principalities over regions. We have a principality right now in the White House. It's not about a person because it's not him. But there is a demonic agenda that the enemy is trying to do right now over the nation. There's a demonic force. And everybody, let me tell you what, as many people as talking, that are talking about Joe Biden, I hope you're praying for him just as much. I'm serious. Because if all you're doing is talking about him and you're making, that's gossip, that's backbiting, and that's not kingdom. Listen, I don't like what, what's happening here just as much as you don't. But I'm like, Lord, open his eyes and open his ears. Lord, pray for us. Pray for the nation. Pray for the leaders that they will, they will have an encounter, that there will be a spirit-filled prophet that will walk in that day, and they'll give an option, and he will be a voice of the Lord. And all of a sudden, it just shifts, and everything begins to, begins to change. That's how nations are changed. Pray for our leaders. Verse 13 Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day. And having done all to stand. Verse 14. Therefore, no, I'm sorry. Stand therefore having girded up your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Just stop right there. Paul says truth is a belt that holds up the other pieces of the armor in place. 
There are two ways which truth is a part of the armor of God. First, it refers to the truth of the scripture as being opposed to the lies of Satan. Um, we're going to look at John 8, 44. You are the father, the devil, and the desires of your father, what you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from another resource, for he is a liar and the father of it. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So truth is pretty, pretty important. And some of the powerful things about the word, the, uh, the truths of the word is the love of God. That's why that's one of the things that the enemy tries to come to distort. That's why it's one of our pillars. Who is God? He's love, man. God is love. He's not condemnation. He's not, he's not there to beat you up. He's not there to batter you up. And I mean, listen, he is love. He corrects. He judges. He does all those things. But it all comes from a place of love. That's a great truth. His love. Another truth is salvation through faith in Jesus. Another truth is forgiveness. Repent. <laughs> I said the R word. Repent. Grace and power to live for Jesus. These are truths that set us free from the lies of Satan. Satan would have us believe that we are sinful, lost, and without hope. The truth is God, that God's love The truth is that God's love and salvation has set us free from sin and death. The second way that truth serves as a belt holding together the full armor of God is through our personal commitment to truth. Also, living a life that is upright, transparent, and without deceit. Being a person of integrity and character is vital in your walk. People should recognize you to be a person of truth. We should look like Jesus. Verse 15. I'm still in Ephesians. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Shakaboomba, come on. To shod means to bind under one's foot, to, to bind under one's feet. 
to be in bonds, to tie, to wind, to knit, or to be one with. This means it has to do with our walk. See, as we put on the armor of God, we're talking about the pieces that we're not going out just half-dressed. That we're shodding our feet. That we're living a life and we're walking. It's how we walk day to day. The word preparation means having a firm foundation or solid knowledge of something. In this case, preparation is knowing the Prince of Peace and His Word. The word peace in Strong's, it means shalom. Shalom is more than just simply peace. It means complete peace. Complete peace. So he's saying, listen, part of the armor is like, walk in complete peace. Bind yourself with peace. Tie it. Be one with peace. Not just peace, but total peace. It's a complete peace. It's a feeling of contentment, completeness, wholeness, wellness, and harmony. Peace is one of the most powerful weapons we have. The enemy doesn't know what to do with someone who lives in peace and refuses to be hassled. Right? When Jesus was tempted, right? When he was at his weakest moment, the devil goes and it says that he took him. He took him to the very top of the mountain. And that word took is, is like, it means it's an action word. It mean, it's a verb. It means that he, he, like he grabbed Jesus and took him because he was a prince of the air. So he took him. And while he's up there, he starts testing Jesus. If you just bow, I mean, I'm just paraphrasing. You just bow and I'll give you all the kingdoms, right? And then you throw yourself down, the angels will protect you. And what does Jesus say every time? He says, it is written. It is written. The devil could find nothing in him because he was bound, one, in peace, complete peace with the Father. And then he could find nothing in him, so he had to leave. Resist the devil, and he must flee. He must flee. I love that verse. He has no choice, right? Oh, but pastor, you don't know my life. Oh, I got so much going on. No, resist the devil, and he must flee. The word gospel means glad tidings or good news of the kingdom of God.
when Paul <coughs> when Paul wrote this passage um, in, in Ephesians, you got to understand that there was a different time. War was different, and I mean that's how they dressed. They had helmets and shields, and so that's so he's giving an imaginary view of what he knows and what he sees. Let me read 16 before I go for Verse 16 says, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You see, I don't know um, how much you guys know, but these, these shields, when they designed these shields, they were designed that you could go and stack on top of the other person's shield. And you could create a total wall. You could create, and they were like locking. I don't know how they did it, but, but so they would, they would be able to quench the dart to the enemy. They were able to, to uh, uh, protect themselves from the enemy. The shield of faith, like life, covers us from the vulnerable spots, especially our hearts. This heavy shield can withstand the impact from the fiery blows of the devil. You see, What's different about the shields from others? What is the difference? We have the helmet of salvation. We have the, we have the, 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 the belt of truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness. But what is the difference between the shield of faith and all the others? The difference is that's the only one required for you to take. That means out of all of those, you have to take the shield of faith. It requires faith. You have to take it up. Does that make sense to you guys? I hope I'm making sense. You have to, you have to grab it. You put on, but it says you have to take up your shield of faith. We hold on to our faith like a shield. We have to deliberately choose faith in all our circumstances. That means that when we encounter doubt... Faith comes. When you get a bad report, faith comes. When you hear what I, listen, doctors say you can't, you know, you got two weeks to live. When you grab it, you take it, and you, faith comes. Ah! Because it requires agreement. 
It really does. Faith in Jesus. Verse 17, we take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The helmet of salvation, and we, we all know this, but it protects the head. <laughs> Pretty much, right? I mean, it protects the head, but it protects you from hearing the whispers and the lies of the enemy. Verse 18, I'm going to have Pastor Tracy get ready to come on up here. Verse, uh, uh, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, all the saints, praying. Prayer is so, so needed. More than, like just, and if you don't pray in the Spirit, I mean, if you just pray all day, just pray. Winds of heaven. I feel the glory just in that. Uh, Holy Spirit. Verse 19, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Putting on the full, the whole armor of God. I just wanted to share some things that the Lord has shown me, and I had shared this with uh, Apostle Pete, and he said this would go right along with the message. What he has shown me was that there are some people who are fighting this battle, but they don't have their full armor of God on, and particularly what I saw was no helmet, and that's the helmet of salvation, and like we just heard that's when, you know, the Lord is speaking to you. That's your mind. And when you do not have your helmet on, that's where you get the blows. The enemy just keeps hitting you and hitting you and hitting you. And, and some people have just gotten so used to it. They're just taking it. They think they're fighting, but yet, they're not, because they don't have the full armor of God, because when it says you have the full armor of God on, you can stand 
and you can stand firmly. And the Lord wants you to evaluate yourself and see if you have the full armor on. And when you have that full armor on, you can stand. And an interesting thing when uh, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Judy were sharing about intercessory was we have that full armor to pray for others. And what I saw was there's another group of people that had been taken as prisoner of war. I saw them just sitting there completely distraught. They have a black hood over their head. They've completely lost hope. The enemy is over them just speaking lie after lie after lie after lie. Their hands are bound behind their back. And they've lost all hope. Now the intercessors, what God has shown me was, you're like the sniper. Because in a hostage situation, you do not negotiate with the enemy. You take them out. And the sniper's called in. And the specialized weapon that they have has a scope on it. And this scope will assure you to have perfect aim to your target. And that right there, that's the Holy Spirit. And in that specialized weapon, you have the bullet. And that bullet is the sure thing. It's Jesus Christ, the Word of God. But we're the ones who are praying, so yet we have to pull the trigger. That weapon is not going to do us any good if we do not pull that trigger. So in regards to the prisoner of war, you're that sniper, and you need to take out that enemy and pull that trigger. And when that enemy has ta been taken out, then all of a sudden, they hear the whisper in their ear. Remember who I am. That blind is taken off that hood. Remember who you are. See who you are. And when that comes back, those bonds behind their back are broken. Because Jesus says, I have come to set the captives free. You know, the whole thing about the helmet is probably one of the most important parts of the armor of God. Because, see, it only takes one shot to the head for an instant death. That's why in, even in, in natural war, you can be in the trenches and all they need is just a piece of the head. That's why they put this special metal, I don't know what they have, but to protect you when you're in the trenches. You know, 
I just want to, before we move forward, we're going to pray. But I want to ask, if there's anybody in here this morning that would say, I don't know this Jesus that you're talking about. I don't, I've only heard about him or, you know, and I'm not, I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to, to do anything like that. I'm not asking you to become a member of nothing. But if you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about, that you would just say, I want to know Jesus. If there's anybody in here this morning that would say that, I want to pray with you. Would you like to know Jesus? If that's you, will you just raise your hand? Anybody? Come on up here, bro. I thought you knew Jesus already. Come on. He knows you. That's right. Anybody else? Just stand right there, brother. Just stand right there. Is there anybody else? Pastor Jeff, Pastor Richard, can you please pray with this guy, this young man? So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that even today, God, as we begin to put on our whole armor, God, that there will be no lack, God. We break every lie of the enemy off of our lives right now in Jesus' name. Father, we put on the whole armor, God, that there will be not one unprotected part, God, right now, Father. Lord, that you would protect us, you would keep us whole, God. Right now, Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way. Right now, have your way. 